the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Thursday, April the 16th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today, on April 16th, 1963, Martin Luther King Jr. wrote his letter from Birmingham Jail. became pretty famous. In that letter... The civil rights activist responded to a group of local clergymen who had criticized him for leading street protests. They said he shouldn't be doing that. King defended his tactics. He wrote, among other things, in his letter from the jail, Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Today in 1789, President-elect George Washington left Mount Vernon, Virginia, for his inauguration in New York. No, they did not pick him up in a limousine. George said, Martha, I'm headed out to become the first president of the United States. He got on his horse and took off. Things have changed since then, but some things have not changed. Today in 1917, Vladimir Lenin returned to Russia. He'd been in exile for years, but he came back to Russia to start the Bolshevik Revolution. Today, 1922, I don't know why I'm telling you this, except it's just interesting to me. Please, if it isn't interesting to you, just bear with me, okay? But today in 1922, Annie Oakley, remember her, kind of a cowgirl, rodeo girl? Annie Oakley, she she shot a hundred clay target. I, we used to do this a lot, and we called them clay pigeons. I suppose suppose that's not politically correct now. I'm sure it isn't. But anyway, Associated Press says they are clay targets. I would call them clay pigeons. But anyway, Annie Oakley shot a hundred clay pigeons in a row, setting a woman's record. Now, I've shot at a lot of clay targets, pigeons. I've never, never come close to hitting a hundred of them in a row, but she did today in 1922. Today in 1972, you could not have made it through the day without knowing that, could you? Today in 1972, Apollo 16 blasted off on a voyage to the moon. Astronauts John Young, Charles Duke Jr., and Ken Mattingly were on board. Today in 2007, a college senior killed 32 people on the campus of Virginia Tech. Then he took his own life. A great tragedy. Always. And one year ago today... The Seattle Seahawks quarterback, Russell Wilson, announced that he had a new agreement with the Seahawks. The agreement was a $140 million four-year extension that made him the highest paid player in the National Football League. And now, of course, he's the highest paid non-player in the Football League because they're not playing. They're talking about starting the season, but we'll see $140 million to play football. It's amazing. 
Americans are less pessimistic about the Chinese virus now. Gallup put out a, a little note, a, kind of an information piece, just within the hour, about a half an hour or so ago. And it says, um, Americans are less pessimistic about the COVID-19 situation. They said Americans' assessments of the coronavirus situation became increasingly less pessimistic over the course of last week. 48% down from 62% say the situation was getting worse. In other words, week before last, 62% said our situation's getting worse. This week, 48% are saying our situation is getting worse. Those 48% would probably be Democrats trying to get Joe Biden elected, but nonetheless, that's a significant shift in how people are feeling and what they're thinking. I couldn't help but think of one of my favorite verses. I have a lot of them, but one of my favorite verses in the Bible is found in Isaiah. You know it. I'm sure you know it from memory. Many do. In fact, people that don't even go to church regularly know this verse. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Just have patience. God is in all of this, and much is happening. Much that we can see, much more that we cannot see. What God is doing in this whole episode of this Chinese virus that's been foisted upon us, and boy, is a lot of information coming out about that. China lied, and the guy that was running, or is running, the World Health Organization, has been lying on their behalf. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that today, because you need to be aware. It's a global story, not just here in America. But if we just wait, oh, I'm not saying we shouldn't work. We should, we've got to work. We've got to have action. In fact, I, I was scanning, just scanning information this morning. I saw a quote by Calvin Coolidge. I'd never seen this one before, but Calvin Coolidge, he once said, all growth depends upon activity. There is no development physically or intellectually without effort, and effort means work. Well, that's been the story of my life. I Some people seem to just, things just happen for them. I mean, it's easy for them, and they are, you know, sipping Kool-Aid in the back yard and things are happening. I've always had to work pretty hard to get things done. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe that's telling you more than I should be telling you. Maybe I'm not as smart as everybody else. I don't know, but I've always had to work pretty hard to get things done and put some effort into it and one thing or another. And I, I, I kind of think that's probably not unique to me. The people that really make a difference in any field put effort into it. And because of that, sometimes we become so effort-oriented, and that's a good thing, but sometimes we become too much that way. And sometimes there are times to just take a deep breath and push back just for a moment, not become complacent or indifferent, but just to push back for a moment and, and remember what we know, that God is in control. They that wait upon the Lord... My tendencies are to run ahead and just, you know, burst out there and, in the name of the Lord and do the Lord's work sometimes before he wants it done. But they that wait upon the Lord 
shall renew their strength. You can't fly in your own strength, but we can mount up with wings as eagles. We can rise above the chaos, the fear, the anxieties, and all that's going on during this horrible, horrible pandemic across America, around the world. People are dying from a virus. You can't see it, but it's there. It's killing people. But as we proceed, even just the world in general, Christians and non-Christians, are finding that they're less anxious this week than they were last week about it. Time can be a healer. And particularly to those of us who know Jesus Christ personally, who walk with him and, yes, talk with him in our prayers, time can be of tremendous value if we just trust the Lord. Let God be God. I I see, and I want to see it, but I see below the surface of this a tremendous awakening, a revival. People, More people are watching church now. They're not going there, but they're watching it online than ever before and more than have ever been in attendance physically in the churches. You say, well, we must not forsake our the assembling of ourselves together. That's absolutely true. But these circumstances have created a situation where we're not assembling ourselves together at the moment. And I think for good reasons. I mean, I, I don't like the intrusion on our religious freedom, but I will tell you that sometimes wisdom is that we just pause for a moment. And I understand why we've paused. I mean, it, it just needs to happen, and it is happening, and most pastors across America understand that. And so they're putting their services, most all of them, not all, but many, most, are putting their services. I mean, they're standing up in a pulpit, and there's nobody out there in the pews, and they're preaching their sermon, whatever God has led them to say. And in the midst of all of this, there is a, a slowdown, there's a pause, there's a waiting upon the Lord, even if they don't realize they're waiting upon the Lord. Some of the people, not the pastors, they, they realize, but the others. And in all of this, there is a revival that is being sparked in the hearts of people across America. And it's not traditional. It's not anything like we've seen in the past. It isn't Billy Graham. It's not Jonathan Edwards. It's not the great preachers, Spurgeon and all the rest of them that have come and gone. It's just something very unique. But I tell you, in my heart of hearts, I can see it. I've prayed for it. I've hoped for it. I never thought I would see it come this way. But I see a renewal. And I see people starting to take a second look. I, I talked, to, just mentioned yesterday in passing, it isn't worthy of any more than a mention, but that Chris Como, the younger brother of the governor of New York, he's on CNN and he's always on there just railing against Christians and against all of his stuff. He just went off over the weekend. He got mad at a neighbor out in the Hamptons where he lives or something, and, and he was yelling at him. And, and, and then he told the press, he said, I'm sick and tired of doing what I do for a living. He said, I've made a lot of money. I've saved it. I don't have to work anymore. And I don't know, he's midlife. I don't know how old he is, 40-something probably. But he said, I, I don't have to work anymore. And he said, I'm sick and tired of doing this. He said, I'm, I'm pushing back, and I'm going to rethink what's really important in my life. And I'm not going to get on there and trade in in lies on the on CNN and all. He hasn't been converted to conservatism, not 
for a moment. But he's pushed back, and I think that, and he's reevaluating his life. Who knows where that will take him? Who knows whom God will bring into his life to share the truth and turn on the light for the guy? He needs it, I'll tell you. We all need it. But this is happening, and people are just by circumstances being forced to reevaluate a lot of things that they have not re- reevaluated for a long time, if ever. So that's what we're seeing happen in our world today. So the light, the, the positive, the bright, it is is that God is doing something that we can't fully measure or even assess at this point. But just wait upon the Lord. Your strength will be renewed. You will mount up with wings like an eagle. You'll run. You probably haven't been out running for a while. Maybe you have. You'll not be weary. You're going to walk and you're not going to faint. Because God is in control. Got it? Got it. Good. President Trump warned yesterday this is going to make news around the world today. They will they'll fiddle with it. I mean, they will use it. The left will. But President Trump warned that he might adjourn both House and Senate amid this pandemic. A lot of people said, well, I, I've never heard of that. He can't do that. Well, actually, he can do that. President Trump warned yesterday, I happened to be watching his press conference when he said this, and um, I happened to be aware that a president can do that, although I don't think a president ever has done this in the history of the nation, from George Washington to present. But President Trump said he may adjourn both the House of Representatives and the Senate under recess provisions to appoint federal positions, while noting that it has never been done before in history. The president said yesterday during his briefing, that he's considering exercising his, I'm quoting him, his constitutional rights to adjourn both chambers of Congress over held-up nominees, describing the Democrat-led efforts to block his appointments as a scam. That's exactly what he said. I heard him say it myself live. Now, he he said a lot of words. He he uses a lot of words and repeats himself often. I mean, that's who he is, and he's not going to change. But the question that's coming up now is, well, he can't do that. Well, yes, he can. And I think he's serious. The U.S. Constitution's Article 2, Section 3, stipulates that a a president, quote, may on extraordinary occasions convene both houses or either, either of them, and he may adjourn them to such time as he thinks proper. That's the Constitution. The reason he's doing this is because Nancy Pelosi... And Chuck Schumer will not allow him even a hearing and a vote on all of these nominees that he says he needs. And I'm sure he does. I mean, there wouldn't (laughs) obviously he needs them. And he's appointed people, highly qualified people. But even if they reject the candidate, he says they need to vote because the country needs to move forward in this. And there's all these. uh, In fact, there are more than I even realized. And I follow this pretty closely. But. There are all these positions that he's nominated for. People have left their jobs, highly, highly skilled people and knowledgeable people for these various positions. And they've been sitting there now for two, two and a half years waiting to be voted on so they can move on with their life. If they're rejected, then they'll go back to doing whatever they were doing, I I suppose. But Pelosi won't do it. 
and she blocks it in the House. And Schumer has been working, of course, to undermine it in the Senate as well, although the Democrats are not in the majority in the Senate. So Trump said he's had enough of it, and he said that it isn't fair to the country that the elected leaders won't do what they were elected to do. So he's going to take action, he says. And he went on to say, he said, the Senate should either formally vote on my nominees or it should formally adjourn so that I can make recess appointments. He said, we have a tremendous number of people who have come into government and now more so than ever before because of the Chinese Communist Party virus. I'm glad he called it that. That's exactly what it is. And that's all coming out now. It's a type of Nobel coronavirus, he said, that causes the disease. He went on to say, he said, if the House will not agree, I will exercise my constitutional authority to adjourn both chambers of Congress. The current practice of leaving town while conducting phony pro forma sessions is a dereliction of duty the American people can't afford during this crisis. He said, it's a scam and they know it. And he said, I'm, I need people in office so we can get things done. And he said, I'm going to take action. We need people for this crisis, and we're not going to play any more political games. That's pretty straightforward. That didn't set well with Nancy Pelosi. She's giggling and trying to figure out how to undermine the president. That's all these people have done. And I'm not saying this from a partisan or even a political point of view. I mean, I am a conservative, and yes, I support Trump. Would I? Would I have voted for Hillary Clinton? I don't think so. And neither should you have if you did. And several million evangelicals did. I'm not sure how that how we get to that conclusion, but nonetheless, we did. But I agree with him. And we need to move this country forward. We elect these people. Why do we pay them and spend trillions of dollars paying these people to undermine their political opponent? Is that why we sent these people to Washington, D.C.? I don't think so. Speaking of getting things done, President Trump also made it official on Tuesday, day before yesterday, that he's halting funding to the World Health Organization. I mentioned that on this program. The reason, he says, is in January, WHO, WHO, the World Health Organization, and this virus... (laughs) They said it could not be spread by human-to-human contact, praising China for their response to the virus. Well, they did. I wrote about that on March 18 in the article that we write every day. You can read it. It's at faithandfreedom.us, and it's read, I don't know if it's read in all 50 states, but mostly across the country in most states in about, I don't know, 40. It varies week to week, but 40 to 50 different countries, people read it. And we get reports, that's the reason I know that. And sometimes we hear from people in other countries, but not a lot, but they read it. President Trump's decision to suspend the funding of the World Health Organization, it's about $500 million a year. It's far more than any other country. It's touched off this international war of words. The Democrats in D.C., international bodies like the European Union, United Nations, Bill Gates, all of these guys are lining up now to blast the president. But I also wanted to mention, in regards to this article that I write, it's called Faith and Freedom Daily, every every day. Yesterday I mentioned on the program, on the radio program here, I didn't write about it yesterday, but I mentioned it, that some that Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, was making all this money 
using his dad, in fact, flying on Air Force Two when Joe was vice president, going off to China, going off to the Ukraine. He was sitting on the board of the gas company in Ukraine, making about fifty to eighty thousand dollars a year, a, a, a month. Excuse me, a month uh, in this position, and he also had put together this investment firm with the Chinese government owning part of it. The Chinese government owning part of it. And he wasn't getting paid for being on the board of that, but he eventually got a 10% stake in this $2.1 billion investment firm. So you can do the math. Well, when this all came out here a few months ago, Joe Biden, you know, he said, it. Uh, forget about it, it doesn't mean anything, and blah, blah, blah. And the left all lined up behind Joe and said, yes, 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 there's nothing wrong with this. This is fine, you know, and, and all. But anyway... Uh, Joe, the, the voices from the from the right, from the conservative side, didn't lessen. They said, no, it's not right. And they, they kept talking. And some of the conservative journalists kept pressing this. Well, anyway, uh, Hunter Biden's people, who are his father's people as well, they came out, the lawyers and one thing or another, and they said, well, uh, even though Hunter Biden hasn't done anything wrong uh, <laughs> trading on your father's name flying on Air Force Two to make deals personally with your father, who is the vice president of the United States. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. That's they, they do that. All third world countries do that, and they do. But anyway, their lawyers came out and they said, look, just to be sure that everything's clean and above board, Hunter Biden is going to resign. This was last October. They said he's going to resign by the end of the month, October 31st. Halloween, last year. The Daily Caller reported yes, uh, day before yesterday, because I mentioned it yesterday on this program, they're reporting that they have done the research and there are ways to get information on corporations, even in China, certainly in Ukraine. They said he, Joe Biden is still on, or, or I mean his son, Hunter Biden, is still on the board. He's still getting his checks even though they promised that he would be off that board by October 31st. And here we are, April 16th, 2020. Nothing has changed. So anyway, I put I put that in the article today, and I put a link to that for a lot more information from the Daily Caller. They're the ones that did the research, and they found that. Earlier this week, President Trump said our countries are now experiencing... He said, look all over the world, tremendous death, economic devastation, because those tasked with protecting us by being truthful and transparent failed to do so. Fox is reporting yesterday that President Trump announced Tuesday that the United States would immediately halt funding for the health organization, WHO, World Health Organization, saying it had put political correctness over life-saving measures. Well, that's exactly what they have done. The president has said he's stopping it for 60 to 90 days so so that we can do an investigation. We are by far the greatest contributor to this. It pleases me because I have never been a fan of the United Nations, of which who is, is, a, is a cousin. They're connected at the hip. I think it's a scam. I think it's a left-wing, ideology-driven organization. We pay the bills to the United Nations. As far as I'm concerned, we could start a very big tractor that I grew up driving and push that building right into the bay in New York, as far as I'm concerned. 
I think the United Nations is worthless. And I'm not the only one that feels that way. So know where I'm coming from just as far as politically and civically. I, I think it's a disaster. There are much better ways. It's all about globalism. It's all about taking money from the United States and then blasting the United States all over the world. And that's exactly what they're doing. That's exactly what WHO is doing now because they've lost a half a billion dollars because of Trump wanting to look into this. As Barack Obama should have, George Bush should have, and all the rest of them, Bill Clinton and George H.W. Bush, they all should have looked into this. None of them did. So anyway, the Republicans on Capitol Hill, many of them feel like I do. And they're praising the president. But boy, I'll tell you, there's a whole bunch of people that aren't. There's Ben Cardin. He's a Democrat from Maryland. He's calling it irresponsible, irrational. He's getting more press than he's ever gotten in his life because he's saying that. The European Union is saying it's deeply regretful. And they're going on about that. Bill Gates, Bill Gates is slamming President Trump. He said his decision is as dangerous as it sounds. Gates is now worth $104 billion, according to Forbes. $104 billion. He would know that who is not indispensable. He says they're indispensable. He knows better than that. He's smarter than that. He could put a replacement in. You can put an honest organization. He doesn't seem to care. Neither did the rest of them. But the Wall Street Journal published an op-ed that lays out the real problem. And the title of the op-ed is Lost in Beijing, the story of who, and it's written by a Chinese guy, Mr. Chen. And I I included that in my article today, and I, I, I wanted to go through it with you. I don't have time to do that, but I want you to go through that and, and take a look at it if, if you possibly can. It is worth the read, and it's like very important. It brings clarity to all of this stuff you're going to be hearing on the news today, and you already are this morning if you paid any attention to it. It, it is it is biased, it is anti-American, and it is driven by globalists who want us to all be that village that Hillary Clinton spoke about so often. So if, go to faithandfreedom.us. There's, there's no, we don't get anything from the traffic, and it's huge, on that website. We don't advertise on it. Our budget is 100% from the people who support us as a ministry. And many of you listening do, and I thank you for it. And I'll come back to that in a moment because we need it. So there's no advantage or nothing gained by your going to our website at all except the information that you can get there. And I would really encourage you to go there and get that. You can sign up for this and get it every day if you want. And we never, ever share your information, ever, with anybody under any circumstances, and we never have. And believe me, we won't. And there are many people who have tried to get us to do that, but we will not do it. We never have and we never will. But you can sign up for it there. There's a place to just put your email address in and get it every morning. But read that article. I think it would be very helpful. It would be very uh, informative for you. And this guy lays it out with no uncertain terms. Well, again, thank you for being with me today. And we will continue our conversation tomorrow. But we need your support. We really do. These are unusual times. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Thank you for those of you in Seattle who are beginning to come on board and to help us with our budget. 
We need you. So thank you. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Thanks for being here today. It's always a pleasure. We will continue this conversation tomorrow.